Good morning and welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the video channel dedicated to thought leadership from the world's top marketing executives and thought leaders. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of Pedowitz Group. Today's guest is Steve Farnsworth. Steve has over 14 years as a senior marketing executive. He's the chief marketing officer of the Steveology Group, a content marketing for demand generation agency serving high-tech B2B organizations. Steve has worked with everyone from funded startups, mid-sized and large companies. He's worked with them to develop and implement multimedia content marketing programs that increase inbound leads and grow brand reputation. These programs integrate into existing activities and can form a foundation to launch new content programs. They're strategically designed to generate brand awareness, establish thought leadership, and build customer loyalty. Steve has been everywhere, moderating panels, speaking, managing industry events. He's worked with some of the world's greatest brands, Google, Intel, PayPal, Yahoo, Cisco, Adobe, Electronic Arts, HP, SAP, Wells Fargo, TED, Applied Materials, Symantec, NetApp, and Stanford on brand, social, digital, and content marketing. Steve, we're thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, first question: I mean, Content, of course, has been around forever uh, in, in marketing. But how is the role of content changing as it relates to demand generation in this modern digital medium? So, uh, it's, it's, it's a couple pieces to that. So, back in my early days, I started uh, Marcom, and then it was in public relations for a lot of years. And back then, this is even prior to. This part of the internet being uh, anyway really related for delivering information to the masses, and uh, at that point, you you know, public relations was very powerful for me because I you learn how to uh, influence the conversation about your product, or your product category, or the way your industry is seen if you provide a good argument, good information. And so, as a uh, public relations person, I mean, that would look like creating white papers, uh, doing news releases around that, or arranging for the certain industry people to speak on that topic. So it was the earliest form of providing useful information. People were buying stuff. And, and so that's one set of skills. But as now we're in a place where people can sit behind a computer and they have to physically go someplace or read this long paper. They have to, you know, uh, order it somehow or get it mailed to them or get it. And now people can sit down in front of a computer. Okay. So um, as the marketer's role is evolving, what kind of skills do today's marketers need related to content that are different from earlier years? You, you know, um, I think, yeah, the modern marketer, it, 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 for content and even beyond that, I think the content marketer needs the same kind of skills others need, and that's really um, twofold. One is actually uh, better goals and better measurement. Uh, better goals should have always been the case. Uh, we're pretty bad about that, though. One of the things that I work with clients, and they'll come in, and they go, we have this goal, and I go, well, you know, is that goal, you know, smart? You know, that old, you know, you know is it specific? Is it measurable? Um, is it uh, aligned uh, with your departmental or organizational goals? Um, is, it, is it realistic? Do you have the resources to be able to, to accomplish it? And the last one is it time bound? Is it, you know, is it time? So people don't always have that um, focus on the goals that they have, and they often pick goals that aren't very meaningful. Like, well, we want to get more followers for X, Y, Z, or something like that. And so, goal measurement and uh, goals, better goals and measurement are really important because you, you need to be able to understand where you can deliver the content and why. And so, you know, um, that's why I think analytics is just you need to know analytics. I mean, I think almost every marketer should at least, uh, or most marketers should at least know how to. to create a Google Analytics report. And this stuff is free. You can go learn this for free. And I think that 
uh, you know, people like HubSpot have certain education stuff, I'm sure, like Eloqua and Marketo do too, where you can learn basic concepts of marketing automation. You should totally understand, you know, what is an MQL, marketing qualified lead? Uh, when does that become a sales qualified, SQL, sales qualified lead? What is velocity, how fast it goes through the system? Um, these are all these important concepts that uh, I think you need to understand. So uh, uh, you need to have, that. and the last piece of that is marketing sales language, which I think comes to You need to have a marketing sales on the same page uh, connecting about how they're creating content and what that content is actually achieving and recording that. Yeah, that's that's uh, great input. So as it relates to uh, organizing and staffing, are you seeing changes there? So the skills are growing and changing, but are marketing executives changing how they're organizing their teams related to content? No, not yet. Uh, there's, there's unfortunately not as much as, as I think will happen. Um, when you look at organizations that are a smaller organization doing content, while they have the flexibility and agility to do it, they don't don't have uh, they don't tend to have the skill sets uh, of maturity um, or just in the band with the resources to really kind of pull it together and as you get to bigger organizations they tend to fall into these things where they're focused on you have experts and they start hiring experts in their field and so the PR person comes even if they all get together the PR person tends to focus on the PR stuff and the social media person focuses on the social media stuff and the demand gen and so on and so you have this even the editor editor who uh, who does a lot of the content it really isn't tying with they do based on the analytics that tie into revenue goals. And so it's not quite coming together. And I think it's a challenge. Um, there are people like uh, um, Yash Kaka, uh, Wolf, uh, the CMO from, um, or I guess CMO, uh, CEO of MindJet, uh, not MindJet anymore, um, uh, Mozilla. And he's talked you know, he's talked uh, extensively about reinventing the way the organization looks. And I think that if you look at some of those, those models, you're going to see more flat organizations and, and organizations that are, uh, less siloed because everybody's uh, being judged on the same thing and forced to work a little more in groups as opposed to kind of as, you know, Susie's over there in her office doing her thing and Bob's over there in his office doing her thing. That there's going to be great uh, um, growth around it. But there's still, surprising even though we're passing the hype cycle part of the content marketing uh, where it now becomes just kind of standard, most of us are still not making that shift from traditional marketing when back when marketing was from the, you know, black arts, right, to this modern idea of, of using measurement and testing ideas and also still make sure there's creativity involved in the, those technical elements. So it's not just driven by numbers and becomes this feedback loop. But we still have a long ways to go. We do indeed. So well, you mentioned metrics. What kind of metrics should a modern marketing organization be able to achieve if they're using content properly? Um, what, uh, well, well, what kind of metrics? Well, uh, what should be the KPIs or, or the benefit? Well, metrics. What type of metrics and outcomes are associated with a good content strategy? So uh, the, the KPIs, are, um, uh, I'm a consultant, so the answer is it depends. But the KPIs are going to tend to be, um, well, it's good to collect the, the kind of vanity metrics about followers and, and shares and all that kind of stuff. Shares don't really reflect a lot of people who are accessing by phone. People don't share stuff that they read on their mobile devices. And so those aren't very helpful. So what you need, what people need to do is pick a, a uh, a, a KPI or a metric that that ideally a metric would be closed business. That is really hard to do. You should track closed business from you know leads in back to closed business, but connecting the dots is difficult. So the KPIs you really want to look at are, are each part of the funnel. Do you 
you know, what are the, what are, how many people are downloading this item? And when they download these things, what else are they downloading? And are you doing things that meet that informational piece? So all into what you want to chain, obviously it's closed business, but since you, you can't connect it, what you want is a proxy metric. And that is, what is something that people do that 85% of the time or, or whatever that number is, they're going to do business with you. So maybe it might be a price sheet. It could be a demo. It could be a free trial offer. It could be talking to a sales rep. And so once you have those kind of uh, sales proxies, then you can start looking at how you connect the KPIs to, to increase those numbers. Uh, in terms of, of what can people achieve, the reality is that get, you know, getting eyeballs is super expensive. Getting the right, ball, right eyeballs are, are almost impossible unless you are um, have a full... Uh, level of activities so you can do you can do marketing activities focus just on straight lead generation that means that somebody's going to sign up and says i'm interested in buying your uh your product the scary reality for marketers is that um there have been a couple different studies and depends on kind of who you look at but people by the time somebody raises their hand to somebody in marketing they have completed 85 percent of their marketing journey their purchase journey 85 percent along the way before they ever talk to somebody and raise their hand saying i i'd like to talk to them 60% was the metric that have been used for the last few years. So it's even more now that they're. Yeah, I, I heard, I've heard 60%. Um, I, when I've talked to people, well, that's not the number that, that people felt. I saw, I read a, uh, a study about a year ago that had the 83%, which was the number, and I've actually been able, not able to find it again. But that's probably closer to the process because you think about all the things you can get. The 60% would be nice, but I, I think that's the old days. I really think that that's what people used to do. Um, but now I can actually become aware of your product. I can actually go look at boards and review places. I can, I can query folks. I can look. I can search social media. I can download your stuff. And, and would I rather do that before you're over my shoulder calling me every day? Absolutely. So it, it is a much higher number than we think it is. So since it's that way, you need to have enough pieces along the funnel to lower your cost per lead. Because if you're paying, I saw one uh, study, and it was the for large companies, the average uh, uh, lead cost, you know, closed lead cost like $129. And when you actually had a full content uh, marketing program, uh, the content marketing leads came down to, came in about $75 a lead. Hmm. And so that, that is, uh, those numbers are always going to be a little different depending on the industry you're in and what you're doing. But that was over 26 month uh, study time. And so that that tells you that there's a you need to have a little bit of everything in the marketing in the marketing process to to bring down your total costs. So Steve, what types of technology are you seeing that are helping marketers source, develop, manage, measure uh, different kinds of content through the whole process? You know, it, it's that's a very complicated uh, question. It doesn't have one answer anymore because there's so many pieces of software we're getting into the age. Of, uh, of a new concept which has only started really uh, floating around the last couple of years, which is marketing technology stacks, the collection of softwares you use to through the entire marketing process. And, and it's just, it's incredible. Um, if you, you know, from the early things you have, you know, from Google AdWords to social decision uh, uh, or uh, Sprout Social uh, Moz or SDO, early stuff, you have um, Salesforce or uh, Pardot, um, Crazy Eggs and Optimizely for, for Helping with the conversion, get nurturing stuff like AdWords you know, for remarketing AdWords and Google AdWords and LinkedIn, uh, Salesforce, um, you know, and then obviously for like web analytics, Google Analytics, Moz, uh, and Meltweather, those kinds of things. So you have it's, it's you know those are just and there's more. There's HubSpot and there's all these different flavors uh, in in that. That you know what I just went through is a list of a marketing stack. It wasn't a complete list of marketing stack for one company that I know of. 
And, and I know that, you know, so there isn't one answer anymore. It's just, there, there's just tons of stuff. And so what's really going to be important, I think, this is, is, is that IT people are great, God bless them, but their job is very specific around making stuff work. It's not necessarily about making more marketing work. And so marketers need to step up and be more technical. I think you know all marketers need to understand, understand how to use Google Analytics. It's free to go get there and all that kind of stuff. Um, you should be comfortable in just working with these these, these technologies. Um, but it's just it's going to get more complex, especially as different people like some people focus on uh, each phase of the funnel. So you have you know you have a different uh, application of marketing technologies that support phases along the sales funnel. You have others that focus on uh, just one final goal. Now, they don't care about anything else, so everything's focused on that one thing. And, and there's several others, and these are radically different approaches to the way you're going to, what software you're going to use. So it's a, it's an interesting time, and and I, I'm i glad to be a marketer. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to come up in the days of, of the, you know, our marketing when it was a black art. And, and now that it's technology, um, it's I find it really, really exciting. I learned the power of data when I first did 20 years ago, I first time I did direct mail, and and I, I had an opportunity to actually it's like 20 20 years ago um, when I first did uh, direct mail, and I could test out headlines, I could test out offers, and I could see what worked. There was no longer this long conversation about people like going, well, you know, when I get mail at home, I do this thing or whatever. And now I can, but the client goes, I want to use this headline. I go, that's awesome. Let's test that out. Now I'm just going to put these other ones that I think probably are going to work better. And so this, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, um, a big shift. That's a big shift. So who's doing it well? Can you think of some examples where clients are really doing a great job with their content? Um, doing a great job with their content. You know, there, there are, um, there are some that are doing better jobs uh, doing it. I mean, like G's done a really good job. I think uh, PG&E, which is uh, our our uh, um, power company, has done a good job. You know, making you know using content around their their drivers and who their people are to really humanize the brand. Uh, so there are people like that. B two B has been somewhat more challenge, and I think it has to do with uh, a lot of companies are still. When you're a consumer company, you, you know the consumer is is the person in charge. When you're a B2B company, there's still, because it uh, tends to be group sales, you know, there are like 5.4 decision makers in every B2B sale, that um, it's not one person. They don't tend to think of these as human beings. And so they create these uh, this content, which is really, they talk about what they sell, not about what they know. And when you go online, you want to, you know, if you're going to buy 10000 or 100000 or a million dollars worth of software or goods, it, that's your job. Your, your, your job is on the line. Your livelihood is on the job if you make a bad decision. So people are researching the hell out of this stuff. And companies are still like very me focused. You know, here's what we think. Here's what I'm about. It's supposed to like, hey, you know what? We know what we know. We understand your pain. So let's give you some some tools to help you do better in your job and educate you about this space so you make an informed decision. Because we all have those those BS meters. We know that when we read a press, no one if anybody ever read a press release. Really, so you read it and go, what, what is this stuff? No one reads that kind of stuff. We know that kind of when we see BS. We know when people are straightforward, it's logical, it's simple, it's clean, and, and it's engaging, right? And you want to read this thing because it's not off-putting. And companies are still, especially B2B companies, are having a really hard time. Uh, a lot of their content, and a, lot of, so a, lot of, a lot of content is created by, uh, when I talk to CMOs, they have a great, they have a great vision of what they want. But when you get, when you get down the line, someone's got to like sit, come up with titles for the blog, or, or whatever content they're doing. 
they sit down in a room and they, they generate ideas you know, in, a, in a black box. And, and that can't happen. That's, that's what normally happens. You need to go out and talk to customers. You need to go on uh, customer ride-alongs with sales. You need to take sales to the lunch. You need to really be out there. And what are these people asking? What do they really want to know? And then you, cre- you need to create content back. And that's just that piece is still for marketers. You know, people are still in about, hey, let's go do let's go do a white paper. Done. White paper's done. Uh, let's do an ebook. Done. We're done. You know, and, and it's just let's take those titles out. Let's do these big projects, and and they're not going back and really finding out how, who we're really talking to. What do they really want to know about? And how do we dovetail our domain expertise internally and externally with their needs to have that conversation? Great, great advice. So in closing, what tips would you give for today's executive that's trying to figure out how to get started with their content approach? You know, the, um, when, I sit down with, um, when I sit down with customers, the thing that is the most powerful to do is if I ask somebody smart, well-paid, bright people who went to who have more degrees than I've ever had. And and sometimes they go, well, can you tell me about your customer? And they'll give you some kind of um, whatever they think kind of a high level, you know, our customers are X, Y, and Z, kind of high level. But when you go, you know, let, let's actually dig into that. You know, for this product line, let's look at the names, titles, industries, and companies, and any other data we know for the last hundred sales that you've made for this this product. And let's find out where those came from. And when you look at that, that's a, a that's a it takes time, it takes some forensics, it's going to take you a week to probably pull that data together, somebody full-time doing that. But when you look at that, that answer, what you find out is, is radically different than this sitting in the office going, well, our, you know, we have IT executives and such, you know, Fortune, you know, uh, 300 companies or something like that. When you actually sit down and look at the real data, it tells you who those real people are. And you, you don't want to go and, and find new people or do something different. Look at where the core, the, where, where some of that data coalesces and figure out, okay, if you have these two or three groups that buy this product, how, I now need to go learn about those people and what their pain points are, what they're really doing. And, and if you do that, if you really sit down and you look at the last 100 customers for any given uh, service or product area, and you, and you really, you know, who are they? What do they do? What are the, you know, did they raise their hand themselves or did they have a boss who told them to, you know, to go out and find out information? So what is their motivation for contact, making first contact? How did they make first contact? And, and all those kinds of things in the industry, when you really put that all on paper, and you can do this on a grid, it's going to tell you something about those, those, those groups. And that's the thing that needs to happen. If you really want to change your organization, once you have that data and you keep going back to it and checking it, and then you use that data to, for all your content, for all your social, for everything, it's going to change the way you do everything. Awesome. Steve, thank you so much for all your insights this afternoon. We really appreciate it. And uh, wish you all the best in your continued pursuit. Well, Jeff, I, 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 was, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity, and, I, and I'm really excited about your new series. So I'm going to be watching. So. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Have a good day.